Welcome everybody to the Boiler Upload Podcast, brought to you as always by our friends at Reindeer Shuttle, because driving to the airport sucks, and soon we'll be driving to the airport for some football, won't we Kyle? Yeah, absolutely we will, only what, 39 days away um, until Purdue hosts Fresno State, Um, getting, getting close, I'm getting a little antsy honestly. (laughs) <laughs> and that's right, we won't be driving to the airport because we would take reindeer shuttle to fly us there. Plus, a lot of our games are short road trips anyway. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm not driving to O'Hare to fly to Evanston. <laughs> absolutely not. We're also brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Uh, you go there, they have a wonderful Purdue clothing line right now. And if you use code BOILERUPLOAD, uh, for, you'll get a small discount off of your first purchase. But they've got some really good stuff. Have they sent you your new one yet or not? I haven't got it yet. I'm sure it's in the snail mail of the United States Postal Service. I'm not too worried on it. Uh, I don't think I need a whole lot of new Purdue gear, but uh, a new new gear is always welcomed. <laughs> Well, now that we have paid some bills and gotten that out of the way, as I said, this is the Boiler Upload podcast. I am your host, Travis Miller, the publisher of BoilerUpload.com. And with me is our football analyst tonight, Kyle Holderfield. How are you doing, Kyle? Oh, fantastic. You know, a balmy 92 degrees in God's country today. Um, humid, hot, a little miserable. Um, so it, it, it's it's been a good day to stay inside. <laughs> I was looking at uh, going down to St. Louis this weekend for Cubs Cardinals, and I think they said the temperature in St. Louis is 99 with typical St. Louis humidity on Saturday. I'm going to stay home. <laughs> yeah, fr- Friday, uh, we're heading down to the lake, lake house on Friday, and it is 98 degrees. I think the lake will probably be like pool water at that point. Uh, so I don't know how much how much we'll be doing, but it's always nice to get away for a couple days regardless. Well, as we learned about 98 degrees, sometimes it's the hardest thing you'll ever have to do (laughs) to look you in the eye and tell me I don't love you. I I knew that was coming. (laughs) I knew it was coming. But with that out of the way, uh, we're going to be talking Purdue football defense this week. Last week, uh, Kyle and I kind of previewed the offense. This week, we'll talk about the defense, and that is a bit of a hot topic because, of course, Ryan Walters comes over as one of the top defensive coordinators in the country last year, and you're the football guy. Set us up. What is kind of his main formation and his philosophy uh, on defense? Well, well, if you ask him, he says it's the one of the most unique defenses in, in college football, and it's a trend-setting defense, and he calls it the airstrike defense, and uh, in, in reality, from what I've seen, and it is trendy, and it is like kind of different from what we're used to at Purdue. I think we're all really used to just kind of sitting back in like a cover two or cover four shell and getting hitches thrown at us to death uh, against you know two NFL cornerbacks. That's bringing up some bad bad memories, I guess, from a decade ago. <laughs> uh, but his his defense is going to be a lot of man heavy um, uh, in, in the secondary, which obviously relies on a pretty good pass rush up front. Um, he'll have uh, – it'll look like there's five defense alignment uh, on the field because uh, it's going to be three down defense alignment and then the two outside linebackers, which uh, a couple of former defensive ends like Nick Scorton, formerly Nick Carraway, has transitioned to outside linebacker. Um, so it, it'll be, they'll, they'll be pinning their ears and getting after it. And if you want to run a man defense or a single high safety cover one defense, you're going to have to have some unique blitzes and you're going to have to have some pressure from the defensive line. And, uh, if you don't, 
it's going to be a long day, especially in the Big Ten with some of the quarterbacks that we have here. Well, uh, definitely his defensive secondary is something to talk about. He put four <laughs> defensive starter secondary starters in the NFL last year, three of them as draft picks, one of them as the number five overall selection. And, uh, boy, you can't argue with results like that, can you? No, I, I mean, there, there's obviously he has results. I and mean, they had the lowest scoring defense in, in the nation last year at Illinois. Um, I mean, they, they, they got after it. And not only that, is Illinois is going to have one of the best defensive linemen in the Big Ten this coming year and is a guy that he recruited when he was at Illinois. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, he got some votes for preseason defensive player of the year or whatever um, uh, today by, by the AP voters. But, I mean, he, he has a method to his madness. I, I'm not one to question the guy. Like, he's 37 years old. He's a head coach in Big Ten football. He had the, the lowest scoring uh, defense in college football last year. So there's not a lot to be questioned. And he made a lot of moves this off season to try to get guys in that will fit his system. Um, and and there, there are about 45 total new faces on this team from last year. And I, I think over half of them are, are on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of defensive linemen and a lot of new defensive backs uh, to get to know here in the upcoming season. Well, it seems like defensive back was where he made his made his mark last year, especially. Uh, let's start there with it. Look, uh, we have a series of guys that have been around a little while, and we have a fair number of newcomers. Uh, probably starts with uh, Cam Allen and Jamari Brown as the top returning guys. Allen with 10 career interceptions, and has had a pretty solid career, but who plays around them? Yeah, well, you have you also have Sanusi Kane. Um, he's going to be right. a senior. That's right, yes. Yeah, He's like a strong safety, uh, like hybrid mix. I wouldn't be surprised to see him down in the box more as like another, like uh, like a linebacker, basically. He's like 6'1", 210 pounds. And uh, I think according to Pro Football Focus, he was one of the better tackling safeties in the nation last year. Uh, and he was also one of the worst coverage safeties in the nation last year. So uh, I would expect him down in the box more so than, than covering somebody deep. Uh, I think some covering somebody deep will be Cam Allen, like you mentioned. He's had so many starts in his career. He came in and started as a freshman. Uh, I think he's battled a couple of nicky-knack injuries here and there. Uh, he's more of the coverage guy. Then, of course, like you said, uh, Jamari Brown, he transferred from Kentucky, I think, a couple years ago, 6'3", 205-pound uh, corner. He's a little slow-footed, but he has the long arms and the big frame um, that, that, that Coach Walters and Coach Kane likes. Um, who I like outside of those guys, um, I really like uh, An Antonio Stevens. And if you guys remember him from a couple years ago, he played as a freshman, um, and he had a really, really bad knee injury. Um, I remember uh, that against uh, Nebraska. Yeah, ACL, MCL, else, like it all went away. Uh, well, he's back, and he's 6'2", 205 pounds now, and I think he can maybe back up Sanusi Kane in that hybrid safety role that could come down and, and kind of fill – um, in the run game. Uh, he's uh, super athletic from Nashville, Tennessee. He's now a redshirt junior and he hasn't played in a couple of years, I think. Um, but I think he could come back and, and from everything I've read about him and everything I've heard this off season, he's had a good, um, a good winter with the new staff. Uh, also uh, Marquise Wilson. Um, he's a redshirt senior transfer from Penn state, uh, Penn state. Uh, I think they kind of toyed with him a little bit, in my opinion. They they kept putting him on offense and then putting him back at defense, and then maybe sometimes he'd play offense. And then, de like, he, he was going back and forth between wide receiver and corner when it was clear he was a better cornerback than he was a wide receiver. 
And so going back and forth, he kind of got buried on the depth chart some. Uh, but he was a high-ranked kid coming out of high school. He's six feet tall, 180 pounds. I really like his ball skills. He's, I think he could start. I think he has the potential to start. Um, and then there's a Stanford transfer as well, Salim Turner Muhammad. He was one of the earlier tra- earliest transfers that Walters got. Um, another 5'11", 6'190 pounds uh, at corner. And I think he uh, expects to play as well. And then you have a couple old Miss guys. Um, Markavius Brown, he's a junior. Um, and Braxton Myers, he's a redshirt freshman, it says on their roster. Myers enrolled in January and got out of Kiffintown before the season even started. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So he was recruited by our cornerbacks coach, Sam Carter, when Sam was at when he was at Ole Miss. So I think he might have just followed Sam up north a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the secondary might be one of the areas that's a little more set, even if uh, they lost a lot of talent with Corey Trice, obviously, uh, being mm-hmm. a draft pick. Uh, Jalen Graham wasn't – I mean, I know he was that kind of hybrid nickel guy, but he had a pretty solid career, and he got drafted. But mm-hmm. it seems like this might be one of the more secure areas of the defense, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I mean, all the transfers uh, in give you a little bit of hope because what was coming back worried me a bit. Uh, but with all the transfers, I, I think they've they they shorted up a little bit. But um, a lot of those transfers are gone after one year, and that's why we have seven defensive back commits for the 2024 class. <laughs> and I think that is Walters also like he has he has his type and he knows what he wants. And aside from maybe the transfers that he got, I don't know if he loves everybody else that's on the roster. I don't know if it's sending a message or not. Hell, in 2024, we might start four freshman defensive backs at this point. I mean, who who knows? <laughs> uh, but no, I like them. I like, I like the, I, I like the versatility of them. I like the guys that can come down the box like Kane and Stevens. Um, and I like the deep guys like Allen and you know, Marquise Brown can mix it up a little bit. And Marquise Wilson or Jamari Brown, I should say Marquise Wilson, I think can mix it up a little bit at corner. All right, let's let's shift down a little bit to the linebackers, and looks like our leading returning linebackers, OC Brothers, had some pretty solid moments last year. Then you've got Clyde Washington as a, another familiar name that's played quite a bit, but uh, other than that, it's it's an area of mystery. Yeah, inside linebacker has been really weird on the recruiting trail too. Like Kevin Kane is super particular, um, and I think if you ask people, I think. Uh, I think Coach Walters will say he runs a 5-1 defense. Uh, it'll look like a 3-4, but a 5-1 with five defensive linemen, but two of the five are outside linebackers. And then he wants an ass kicker in the middle of the field at middle linebacker that can run sideline to sideline. And then the other linebacker, I'm putting it in quotations. I know we're on a podcast and you can't see me. Uh, <laughs> the other linebacker then would be like Sanusi Kane rolling down or Antonio Stevens it would kind of be the, I guess, other one. Um, but I think OC brothers is going to lock up that inside linebacker spot. Um, I, he had a pretty good year. He, he was once at Auburn, I believe. Um, he's six two two twenty five, kind of thin for an inside linebacker. Last year he played weak outside linebacker, a little bit smaller and can move. Um, but he can run sideline to sideline. Um, and then Clyde Washington can really run too. So I like those two guys, but it gets thin really quick after those two. Um, the big question is Yanni Karloftis. He's been a question mark for, you know, last year or so. Uh, can Yanni fill in as that third inside linebacker? Or maybe he can even uh, move over Clyde Washington. You know, he's a former four-star. He's a redshirt sophomore now. He's up to 230 pounds. Um, can he move Clyde Washington out of, like, a backup role? No one's going to – I don't think anybody's starting over OC Brothers. Uh, but maybe one of those two can – 
fight for uh, uh, the backup spot. And obviously competition's very, very important. But, I mean, it's it's weird. And we do have a walk-on. Um, I'm not saying he's going to start. I just like saying it. Joey Sumlin, uh, Coach Sumlin's son, is on the roster now. All right. He, he took a gap year and went to IMG Academy, and then he walked on at Purdue. I just think that's pretty cool to have another legacy going through Purdue. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, you got to love that. I think I saw where we also have like four or five players from West Lafayette High, and a couple of them are actually going to be pretty solid contributors, too. Yeah, uh, the, the the kicker, Crockover, uh, he comes out to Harrison and kicks sometimes. He likes to kick on the turf, I guess. Um, and then um, you have Yanni, I think, who, oh, Kyle Adams. Yeah, I think they. I, hey, Purdue, just let you know we're right down the road too. If you want some walk-ons at Harrison, just <laughs> uh, and we have some guys. You know, a couple of years ago they kicked the tires on Omarion as a walk-on. Omarion and Dixon ended up going down to Indiana State instead of walking on. Um, you know, but hey, we have some guys too. We we like to send you some walk-ons. Actually, my my receiver a couple of years ago walked on, but he went into the military route instead. Ah. Well, the other one from West Lafayette High, Mo Omanode, who Oh yeah, uh, big Mo. I, I forgot about him. Damn. Yeah, uh, played in eleven games last year as a tr- as a true freshman, and that means he's probably going to see some time this year up front. Yeah, big Mo is ha, dude. He's good. Okay, he is he is good. I've seen it firsthand. He's not he's not big George good. Like George was obviously an animal. He's a first round pick, but <laughs> Mo has worked for everything that he. He's gotten, he's undersized. He, Purdue, like, had him as a secret, you know, commitment forever under Jeff Brom. I don't know why. That's not my problem. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he'll play. Like, he's going to have to play some nose uh, up front. And I think he and Cole Brevard and Demarge Lewis are probably our three nose tackles. Uh, Moe's the smallest of them, but he's also the fastest of them. He's listed at six foot, 285 pounds. The other two guys are. 6'3", Cole Brevard, 3'15", and Demarge Lewis is 6'3", 300 pounds. Uh, you know, Mo I think, is different than those two guys where he can get off the ball at the snap and beat a center across the space where the other two guys are probably in there to take up some blocks. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I think it'll be a three-man rotation with those three guys. And, um, you know, Cole Brevard's from Carmel. He went to Penn State for a year or two. Demarge Lewis. Um, he's from Georgia, but he played at uh, IU even for a year before coming up to Purdue. But it's a good group. It, Demarge and Cole are both redshirt juniors, and Mo is a is a true sophomore. So uh, they even have a a couple years together. But if you're gonna have a true nose tackle over a center, you got to have a couple guys because they're gonna get their butt kicked all night long. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the roster right now, and you've got uh, Jeffrey Mba, who is mm-hmm. a transfer in from I believe that's Arkansas. Is it? Uh, Auburn, and I think Jeff Auburn, yes. Gonna end up, I think he'll end up being a defensive end. Oh, okay. And you've oh, yeah, also I, got Malik Langham from Vanderbilt, who was a regular starter down there too. Yeah, yeah. He he played quite a bit, but yeah. I mean, uh, I think I think Jeffrey Inbon, I think Malik Langham will both be in the rotation at defensive end, where those three bowling balls will be at nose tackle. <laughs> but. Uh, they, they, there, there are some good ones. Jeffrey Emba was the number one rated junior college player in the nation uh, when he hmm. committed to Auburn um, out of Independence Community College. And uh, when he committed to Auburn, I mean, it, it was all over the news. He's actually, I think he's from Africa. I can't remember what country in Africa. Um, and Come he's on. Play- yeah, he, he's only been playing football for a few years. So his ceiling, um, his ceiling is, is pretty high. 
It didn't work out in Auburn, but he is 6'6", 315 pounds. And if that doesn't say an NFL frame, I don't know what does. Um, if he can turn it on, Purdue found a good one, I think. That is a large gentleman I would not want coming at me. Yeah, the, <laughs> the defensive line went to McGraw's Steakhouse like in June, I think, just as like a group. You know, coaches like to take their players out, and I think McGraw's is one of like the NIL sponsors at Purdue, if I remember right. Um, and they, they went out and like all of these humans look normal size. Like, you know, uh, I'm around big football players, like I'm not, not division one all the time, but you know, six, two, 290 pounds. That's pretty normal. And then in the back, you see Jeffrey Imbaugh just towering over everybody else on the defensive <laughs> line. I think he might've even been standing next to Mo and they list Mo at six feet tall. And I think that's being pretty generous. Uh, and Jeffrey is back there just like in this button up, just looking over everybody else. And I just got a good chuckle out of that. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we haven't even talked about some of the top uh, returning guys that uh, led the pass rush last year. Kydron Jenkins and Corday Seednor both had some success. I know uh, Scotty Humpage was a, he was kind of a, yeah, specialist of rush end, if you know, if you will, yeah. and he had some moments, but uh, I forget was he injured or he just kind of dropped off last year. I think he faced some injuries, uh, but as well as I think you know he was at Murray State before Purdue, and, and I'm not saying like Murray State's a bad football program or anything like that, but coming in and competing with you know, Corday Sindor and, and um, you know uh, Nick Caraway and Kydron Jenkins, they, Nick Scorton now, sorry, I um, mean Kydron Jenkins, they, he he. I mean, I think he might have just fallen behind the eight ball a little bit, but he's, I mean, you have a six year guy as a depth piece. Yeah, that's okay. And outside, I really, really like our outside linebacker group. All the guys you just listed were defensive ends last year and they're moving the outside linebacker and like they're, they get to pin their ears back and just rush the passer now. Like that's the best job in the world as an outside linebacker. Like your responsibility is to stop the run and rush the passer we're not even going to really ask you to drop in the coverage much and and Kydron Jenkins um, and Nick Scorton I think will be phenomenal in that role um, and then Corday Sindor I mean we got three guys that all were really really good last year and I think can can get on the field and compete with each other and then your your fourth best guy is Scotty Humpich that's played five years of college football already <laughs> you know I mean uh, I really like it and, and a sleeper for me is um, Roman Petre, he's from Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. He's going to be a sophomore or redshirt freshman. The dude is like has the perfect frame as for like an outside linebacker to pass rush. He's six five, six six, two hundred thirty pounds. You know, you'd like him maybe to get up to two forty, two fifty. Um, but he's a like a freaky, freaky athlete. And I think if he does put on some weight, he can be pretty good. You also got uh, Joe Strickland as well, former four-star recruit. Didn't see a lot of action last year, but saw a little bit. And I know he was one of those uh, prices of one of the final full uh, recruiting classes too. Yeah, uh, Joe actually got mono during camp last year. And um, it basically knocked him out for all of camp in the first couple weeks of the season. Like I think he even missed uh, class for a couple weeks at the start of the school year. Goodness. Um, yeah, it really knocked him out and he lost a lot of weight. So I think he had to put on a whole bunch uh, to kind of get back into football shape, but he was really talented out of, I think he's from Burbuff, um, a four-star kid. Um, and I, he's going to be an outside linebacker, defensive end type guy. Like he maybe puts his hand on the dirt, but I think in the end, he probably ends up as a, maybe a full-time outside linebacker. 
sounds like there's not a lot of proven production, but there's a lot of depth. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot more depth here than there is on uh, offense. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, 45, we had 45 new faces on the team this year, and I think uh, maybe 30 of the 45 are, are on defense, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, but but there, there's a lot of good pieces, and I'm and there's a lot of pieces of veterans that have gotten college experience as either, you know, as a backup or they played sparingly that are itching for a chance to get on the field as, like, starters. And I think competition brings out the best in everybody. And that cornerback, you look at corner like we talked about, you know, Jamari Brown, Marquise Wilson, Marcavius Brown, these these transfers, Saline Turner Muhammad, that maybe didn't play a ton, but now they have a chance to. I mean, to me, that's just going to bring out the best in everybody because they know it's an open competition. Oh, absolutely. And uh, even if you don't have a guy that makes a starter, he could still be a valuable depth guy because nobody's going to make it through. The, we're not going to make it through the season completely unscathed injury wise so it's good to have those guys still there backing up too i mean another one that we can mention 13 games of experience last year prince james boyd yeah i i totally overlooked him he he's another junior college kid and i think he's gonna end up playing some defensive end and he was more of an interior uh defensive lineman last year uh for for brahm staff and i think he's headed towards like a defensive end now like i think it's super important to like understand in the new scheme it's an like the nose is right over the center and the defensive ends are going to be like head up or inside shade of the offensive tackles so um we kind of free up the outside linebackers so like those three interior guys the nose tackle and the two defensive ends like their job is they're they're going to be like you're the run stoppers and the outside linebackers you are the pass rushers and obviously you're going to help in stopping the run but but those three interior guys we need you to be big strong badasses and we need you to fill gaps and take on blocks and I think that's that's where the puzzle pieces come in and you know we get asked about puzzle pieces like the offensive line is always a topic like I always get asked that probably like once two three times a week on our message boards on the depot and um, you know I think the defensive line is just as big as a puzzle right now as the offensive line like I don't know if anybody is guaranteed to be the starter maybe Jeffrey and Bob, because you don't just have a six foot six, 315 pound guy on the roster and don't play him. (laughs) (laughs) As a big dude. I can't get over it. Like that, that is, that is a huge, that's one of the biggest defense alignment that we've ever had in like recent memory. Like big George, like George was six, five, but he was like two seventy five. Like this Uh, guy's an inch taller and almost 50 pounds heavier. You know, and I'm not saying like just because you're a giant means you're a good football player, but he was the former number one junior college transfer, right? I mean, like the guy has to have some damn talent or at least raw athleticism from only playing football for just a few years. He's still learning how to play the game. Well, and you talk about that experience. I'm just looking at the roster here. Here's guys that are listed as sixth years, fifth years, redshirt seniors or seniors. Uh, that are just on the defensive side of the ball. You got Langham, Humpich, um, Turner Muhammad, Jamari Brown, Cam Allen, Isaiah Nichols, uh, OC Brothers, Marcus Wilson, uh, Suleiman Paka, uh, and, you know, I'm still going down here, Prince James Boyd, Joe Anderson, Kydra Jenkins, Sanusi Kane, <laughs> Clyde like Washington. Joe, Joe Anderson is good. He's been banged up. Like that's another guy that could play on the defensive line. There, there's just a lot. There, like you could keep reading, keep going. I'm sure there's five more. Yeah, I, I mean, 
that's 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 just the guys that are seniors, redshirt seniors, fifth years or sixth years. And you know, I haven't even gotten to like you said, Antonio Stevens may not have played a lot, but uh, he's got a lot of talent. Demarge Lewis. I mean, it it's it's sounding like this defense could be a little bit salty. Yeah, I mean, again, like there's there's not a lot of production. Like if you go to Sports Reference and you type in Jeffrey Embaugh, you're gonna see like six tackles or something like that. But so like if you're a stat lover, you're not gonna love it. Uh, but if you love just looking at pieces and going, all right, these guys have been coached for five years by somebody that's a college football coach, and now they're having an opportunity to finally play. Like if that person was on Purdue's roster for five years and sat behind a corner that started for three or four years, we'd be like, hey, we got a fifth-year senior that's about to start for us. We're good at cornerback. Everybody would be excited. But since a lot of these guys are new pieces and people don't know who they are from Old Miss or Stanford or Penn State – it's like, uh, these guys haven't played much, but they've been coached a bunch and they've been in the weight room a bunch. And, uh, you know, they've been in the college football program for four or five years and, and they, they know how this business works at this point. And they've probably played against some pros. Um, I, I mean, I would just expect it to be a very heavy veteran defense. I wouldn't expect a whole lot of young guys to play. Nick Scorton, he's a true sophomore. He's going to play. I mean, he's like a future NFL football player, though, so. <laughs> So what do you think the, uh, oh, there you go. What do you think some of the realistic expectations for this unit are? Are they going to carry the way while the offense gets going or what? Ah, shit. It's just like the whole team is a giant puzzle. Again, like 45 new faces. There's only 85 scholarships on the team. So you're talking more than half the scholarships are are new faces, basically. You know, I, I think with his aggressive defense, as long as, as long as the defensive backs are as athletic as advertised in the transfer portal, and if we can get after the quarterback a little bit with the pass rush, we'll be in good shape on defense. I'm not expecting him to allow, you know, I think he allowed like 13.1 points per game last year at Illinois or something like that. It was super low, maybe 14.1. Uh, I, I think we're I think we're more in the 20s, like low 20s. But I think uh, you're returning a, almost a 1,000-yard rusher on, on, on offense. Uh, and I think that the air raid gets this perception where they throw the ball all the time, which they do, but a lot of the air raid concepts are shorter. I think you maybe see like a control the clock type passing game and trying to muddy it up on defense a little bit. And I think we could win some ugly ones. I'm not saying that we won't blow Fresno State out week one. That could definitely happen because they lose like their top six players or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I think expectations middle of the pack in the Big Ten. I think that I think that's that should be fair. I mean, you gotta think there's some damn good defenses in the Big Ten every year. Oh Ohio yeah. State, Ohio State's always good. Iowa is always good on defense. I mean, hell, Iowa that one year scored more points. Maybe it was last year scored more points on defense than they did offense for the season. You know, <laughs> uh, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Even though Jim Harbaugh bought somebody like a breakfast burrito and is now suspended for four games or whatever. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's some good defenses. Like, aside from IU, it's a pretty solid conference of defense, in my opinion. Even even Michigan State, Wisconsin's going to be good with Luke Fickle. You know, um, P.J. Flex defenses are hit and miss. But uh, Illinois will have a solid defense. Again, they return a lot of guys. I don't I, – I think middle of the pack, upper half of Big Ten West, I think, is where we'll kind of be at. Well, if you look at, you mentioned how good the defenses were. If you go on scoring defense alone last season, nationally, Illinois was first 12.77 points per game, which is absurd. Absolutely insane. Uh, 
Uh, Iowa was second at 13.3, and like you said, uh, a lot of times they needed their defense to score that much because the offense was just so bad. Uh, Minnesota was fourth at 13.85. Then you had Michigan seventh at 16 a game, Penn State 10th at uh, 18.23 per game, and Purdue played all of those teams last year. Mm. Uh, You still had Wisconsin pretty solid down in 17th Ohio state 25th, but uh, obviously with that offense that Ohio state has, if they're holding teams to 20 points, they're probably going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I it, And part of it is that the big 10 hangs their hat still on kind of running the ball and controlling well, some of the big 10, I would say still hangs their hat on running the ball and controlling the clock a little bit. Even Jim Harbaugh's like spread it, spread out offense. He, he runs a spread offense, but they're running, they're running power and, and old school concepts out of it. Hi, Bailey. And, um, you know, I, I, it's impressive. And I think we could be in the upper half. Like, it's going to be different. Like, have we stop? Have we ever had a, <laughs> uh, I, we've never had a defensive minded coach, you know, like you had, you had coach Tiller and, and then you had coach hope who was an offensive line coach and offensive coordinator. And then coach Hazel was a wide receivers coach and offensive coordinator. And, and I know he sucked and that's like a curse word in these parts. <laughs> uh, you know, Je- Jeff Brom was scoring 50 points a game at Western Kentucky and, and, you know, is like the prototypical quarterback to coach guy. And, you know, we, we finally have this young energetic guy and it's all about defense. And I think it'll be a learning curve for Purdue football fans a little bit to, to be on the edge of their seats in a game where we might win 17 to 14. See, I kind of like that it's a little bit of best of both worlds because you brought in Graham Harrell and he's the air raid disciple. So it's not like they're totally giving up on the offense and going to try to win these games 17-14. They're going to go, they're going to open things up and try to score some points. And uh, you just have that healthy defense behind them. I think it could get real interesting real fast. Yeah, I mean, that that was a must hire. Like when, when Walters was hired and we were talking about it, like, and everybody is like, well, we've never had this. It's like, well, you better make a hire where it's going to make it seem like we're going to throw the ball and basketball on grass like it was with Coach Tiller. And he went out and did that, and he appeased Purdue fans and Purdue alumni with that hire of Graham Harrell in the air raid offense. And, you know, I, I, I like the offense, obviously. We talked about it last week with Hudson Card and some of those receivers that are coming back, and you have Maccabee. Um, I really like it. Uh, I think the offense that we have at Purdue this year is better than what they had at Illinois last year. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think you got a better quarterback uh, running back. And, you know, not to take anything in away from Maccabee, but Chase Brown had a really solid season last oh, year. He, he, he was he was damn good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we about time to wrap things up. Do you have any final thoughts before we head out here? Yeah, you know, only 39 days until kickoff. Well, I maybe what you know what we need to do a special teams podcast here in a couple weeks and only focus on the kickers, punters. Give and long snappers. And, oh, yeah, I forgot they're part of that. And long yeah, snappers. And, and give those guys 25 minutes of love. I can do that. I can, We can cook that up. Oh, yeah, kick, absolutely. Kickers, while weird, are people, too. Yeah, I and mean, we, <laughs> we got a new one this year. We got a new kicker. We don't know who's going to be the main kicker. We got three guys fighting for it. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
All righty. Well, with that in mind, uh, thank you very much, Kyle, for being with us tonight. And we'll go ahead and wrap things up. We thank you for listening to Boiler Upload. And we'll continue uh, our preview series as Casey and Jace will be at Big Ten Media Days later this week in Indianapolis. So for the entire crew at Boiler Upload, this is Travis Miller saying Boiler Up. <laughs>